Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. I feel like I know the answer to how you might respond to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. What's your feeling on paying for either a thing or a service? that you know you could do yourself. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> and is there rules around this? Like only yeah, if it I applies mean, to blah, blah, blah. There obviously, I could literally outsource a lot of things in my life. I think a big part of that comes down to, for me, the conversation always stems around from what do I want to spend right now, time or money? Because you're going to do both or one or the other more so than the other, Right. There are some seasons in my life where would it be nice to outsource this? Probably, but I don't want to spend the time to research the right person and then delegate it and then have to pay for it. There are other things where I'm like, that thing is not getting done unless I outsource it. (laughs) And so it kind of has to be a burning thing for me right now, because right now I'm in this space of having to spend time and money, even if I'm outsourcing, because researching the right person for that, vetting the person and then yeah, spending the money take them. Time. Right. And so you're not saving time and until a little bit. Sometimes you're not saving time at all. You're just not doing the thing. Like right now the thing that comes up in my brain is if someone would come in and finish painting this fucking diamond wall that I started. <laughs> I'm so over I'm sure it. There's a muralist in Kansas City who could do I'm it. So for sure. over it. But like I also just don't want to spend the money on that. Like, no. would I love it to be done by someone else and have it done by like this weekend? Absolutely. But it's just not a reality for me right now. <laughs> I feel that deep in my soul. And I knew it the moment you started it. And it was like a little too late because you put black paint on like a cream wall. Yeah. And I was like, I'm either painting the whole thing black. Right. Which is where Brian, he was like, just go paint the whole thing black. And I'm like, no, I love it is the problem. I just don't love how much work is still needed of me to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the current one is 
obscenely goofy, but just bear with me. So for those of you who have framed TVs, you know (laughs) that you can put art on it, right? Like have it look like a photograph or a painting on your wall. And it kind of has like this ambient mode that's the TV is off, but the screen is still on. Anyway, I know far enough about art history and sourcing art that I could absolutely fall down a freaking rabbit hole and find free art. Or even if it wasn't free because I'm using it only in my personal home and not elsewhere, like I could find what I need to put it out there and get it on my freaking television. Here's the problem. The first time I tried to do that, I wasted four hours Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I was looking for. And then I'm just like looking at everything in the same way that like your mom might have wasted four hours looking at wallpaper samples back in the day at a store that had absolutely nothing for you to do as a child in it. That's how it started to feel for me. So I was like, I'm done with this. Like, this is such a stupid waste of my time. Mm -hmm. And so seasonally, not all the time, I refuse to change it all the time because I just think that is honestly a waste of time because it's kind of a pain in the butt to change Mm -hmm. by the way and it changed the interface the UI for it every time I do it is different are you serious it hasn't stayed the same once not a single time so it takes the same amount of long time every time (laughs) 100% because I have to refigure out what it wants me to do this time to make it change oh god anyway so I'm like if I'm gonna waste 20 minutes just attempting to get the image on the thing. I'm not going to waste time sourcing the artwork. So my new rule is I go on Etsy. I can spend no more than five minutes deciding. And I pick dollar art Uh and pay for it, download it directly to my phone and upload it from my phone to my TV. And, you know, it still takes the 20 minutes to futz with changing it. But I feel like I got four or five hours of my day back yeah. every time yeah. I do this. Well, and that's so I've seen the open source art and art from museums that because the copyright has expired or changed or whatever, it's open source. You can use it. You can print it. Yeah. Use so it, a lot of the art on Etsy is, is like art that. Yeah. sold. Yes. But I wanted so badly to be able to spend time on those sites to print stuff for like a gallery wall or like literal artwork here and like even get some printed on like textured paper. So it like looked legitimate and real. And I have not as of this moment allowed myself to do that because I know I will spend so much It's a time suck. It's a time suck. It's such a huge time suck. Can I do it? Absolutely. Does it make sense? Literally, no. What about this? Well, and at this point, you could, I guarantee you, you could Google, like someone has done that already where there's like 20 of the best still life artwork that you could use open source. Like I'm guarantee you could find a blog post that rounded up some good ones already and just then pick from there (laughs) instead of browsing all the catalogs of the freaking Met. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a thing. So I'm at the point in my life, I don't know what you call this, a growth stage where I'm starting to see some things are simply not as important. (laughs) Well, you know what? To all the AI listening and all the AI coming out, I guarantee you there's a little tweak. You could say, I'm looking for art that has XYZ on it, open source, so I can use it for my TV. 
find me 10 <laughs> mm-hmm. and you could browse through there. Yeah. I haven't used an AI that can deliver images yet. I know they exist. I just haven't uh, tried mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Although side tangent, have you seen the new generative fill from Adobe yet? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. I thought on Photoshop and I was like, what is happening right now? So for those of you who've been following the AI game, you know, AI images have been kind of weird to mm-hmm. say the least. Mm-hmm. Not real. <laughs> I will never forget the day, <laughs> <laughs> the day you used Canva AI. Well, there was a reason we never talked about it on the show. Because <laughs> Because I can't even remember what you asked it. Oh, you asked about like a lady laying on the bed reading a book, but you can't see her face or something. Yep. The limbs on the limbs, the way the body was human esque body. Oh, there were extra limbs, extra limbs, limbs in long places. I was. It was a nightmare. It was literally nightmare worthy. Like I was like, close it. <laughs> I can't look at it anymore. But Adobe's AI, oh I don't know. I don't know how long they've been working on it, but it is. So the example I saw fantastic. for you guys who want an explanation, but if you're a photographer or designer, this is going to literally change your life. So say you took an image, a portrait image of a person standing on the beach And you wanted to be able to use that portrait image on a header on your website. And you know, you need that to be landscape and you need a lot of white space on either side of that person, right? Literally with this tool, you can like select the thing that you want to still be in the photo and then select like the generator and it will give you multiple options for what that background could look like. So it just reads the image and understands enough about that image and generates not just like clone and paste because I've done that before and it's you can only get so far with that it is next level like the shrubs are slightly different or the sand slopes up and then down and like it's just yeah it's wild and so not only can you have it fill blank space but you can also ask for it to do something like add a luxury vehicle or add clouds or a sunset or whatever. So one where this person was like getting out of a date or a like a friend get together or something that she just didn't want to go to. And so she like took a selfie of, her, of herself laying, kind of laying down and then literally said hospital bed, hospital gown, hospital wrist, nurse, like, and like filled this image with all of these things that like literally looked like she was laying in a hospital bed, like giving the peace sign. And the nurse was coming in, like smiling off of the edge and she sent it to her group chat. <laughs> like, sorry, can't make it. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So the only downfall I've heard about it so far is the quality of the image is still too low res. Yeah. And so I have seen some people like wedding photographers who are trying to use it for more legitimate reasons, not duping friends or jokes (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) They're getting rid of like people popping up in photos that are annoying and just (gasps) distracting from the image. And they were talking about filling smaller portions at a time and not helping 
with the quality quality specifically. But I'll be interested to see how that works over time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of tweaking (laughs) your photos or your group chat or your excuses of why you're not going to go out tonight, we want to talk about tweaking your client experience. And y'all know that like we are the queens of tweaking and repeating. And so we're walking you through today's episode, different tweaks that you could make and how to really audit your client experience so that you can make it even more incredible and get better referrals and testimonials and just impacts on the clients that you're serving. So dive into this episode. And if you want to follow along on our website with show notes and links to anything that we talked about today, just head to bossproject.com. I want to talk more about how to set your business up for success by over time developing consistent client delivery. And there's absolutely stages to this, especially as a solopreneur, even with a small team, if you're doing a broad variety of service types, you know, it's going to have to look different in phase one versus down the road. But I kind of want to talk about the importance of spending time here because so often this is the stuff that like gets skipped over and gets put on the back burner and it's so worth it to do from the beginning. Yeah. I think whenever we work with clients and you all might've kind of seen some of this when we talked a couple months ago, we hosted a training about systems and it was basically the answer to one of the most frequently asked questions we get. And it's around efficiencies and it's around how do you guys get so much done? And oh my gosh, you guys are so organized and you think of everything. And this was really well presented. And I'm not just bragging about us. I could do a whole episode about that. But when we give the answer, sometimes you like kind of roll your eyes about how simple it sounds or how like it's simple in its in the actual action that's taken, right? But it's so it's like not prioritized by so many people because you have to stop what you're doing, pause, create the thing that's going to help you next time. And then there's going to be something else that makes you stop and pause and edit the thing or create a new thing. And it is freaking annoying. I will not disagree with you there. Every time, every time we sit there and I know one person's going to say it, we're in a meeting or we're talking about something and we're doing a client thing and it's going to be Caitlin or Abby generally. Sometimes I will come in and be like, this is so disorganized. We need something for here. But generally it's one of you two. And you're like, we really should create. And I'm like, God damn it. I know we're about to spend 30 minutes on this tangent right now, but I am so thankful. So thankful the next time we go through something like that, because I'm like, oh, we already have this freaking outlined, organized, streamlined, decided upon over here. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. 
I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, no. So, our approach, and I think this is a good general approach, but you have to build time in to make this a possibility. But especially if right now you're offering a variety of offers or you have different things you're doing for different clients, the first time you book that type of project, or if you've already been doing this and haven't prioritized, prioritized it, the very next time you do this, you need to be developing the process that anyone who books that type of project in the future will go through yeah. while you're working <laughs> with the client. And this yeah. is the really essential part because yeah. it's easy to want to work on systems in their own kind of like silo and like it sounds fun and whatever. But I promise you, you'll develop a form and then you go to send it to a client and you're like, God 
damn it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm missing like half the things I need from them, but it's because you're doing it in this bubble where you're not actually thinking about all the things it affects. Because your brain forgets everything. It forgets everything. (laughs) But when you're working with like a real client, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I also need all of these other things. And so we will take the time as annoying as it sounds to develop what are the forms that every time we book this type of project, we will need to have a client answer. What are the meetings like? What is the schedule for that? And what's the gap in timing between those things? Are there different deliverables we need from a client between those meetings and or deliverables we need to be creating on the flip side between those meetings? Undoubtedly, depending on what those deliverables are, we need different chunks of time to actually accomplish those tasks between the meetings. And the first time is always, always so much longer. Like, give this example, give it. (laughs) It hurts my heart, but give it. (laughs) Like, okay, so there was a brand new offer and we knew we were going to develop a template that we would start as a base for everyone, but there was no copy. There was no design. There was no nothing. And the first template, it was like 20 hours of development, maybe more. Probably more, honestly, because I spent a lot of time in research to figure out what we even needed to put in that thing. So we didn't buffer in enough time in advance. And so I had a very, very late night mm-hmm. the day before a client delivery. Mm-hmm. But in terms of efficiency, 20 plus hours of development meant the very next time mm-hmm. we were able to do it in four. Mm-hmm. And the time after that, we were able to do it in three hours. Mm-hmm. And so taking that amount of time mm-hmm. the first time may feel so hard and frustrating and yep. all of the things. But when you're able to resell it and recoup those efficiencies later, and you're yeah. not charging less the next time you do it. Yeah, no, I want to charge more. <laughs> no, then you're like, oh, I actually have time to develop a whole other section or a whole other approach to this. Because so much of this is already done and templatized. Well, fantastic. So you can create those efficiencies. And and this is a big reason why we're such advocates of doing project-based work instead of hourly, because there's no reason for you to develop all these efficiencies and then deliver faster later. To get paid less. To get paid less. Like that just doesn't make sense. So but I want you thinking about all of these things, regardless of what you're ultimately presenting a client, whether it's a spreadsheet, a document, a design, insert whatever your deliverables are. If you're going to do anything, even if it's not identical, like you could say like as people who develop websites as part of our services, there's a lot about websites that are the same and a lot about websites that can be very, very different from client to client. But that doesn't mean we can't have 80% of the project in terms of like what we need from the client be the same, at least initially. And if we need to develop an extra form Mm -hmm. that's more specific to them based on their industry or the needs of that project, then no problem. But like, why do you feel like you need to start over from scratch every time? Right. Well, and what we do is we have 
the same form. Maybe it's an intake form, an onboarding questionnaire, a questionnaire specifically for a certain type of project, whatever it might be. We have that base template form in our Dubsado account. And if we've had different clients go through that same project who have had different questions that we need to ask them, those questions, regardless of the client, are in one form. So like there's one whole section that's geared toward this type of client for this project. This section that makes more sense for this type of client in this project. So our form looks kind of cray because it has like all these different sections. But when we go to duplicate that for the next client, we will remove whole sections based on what they actually need to be asked. But the template is still there. Like the base is still there. We need to edit like the first sentence on the form and that's it. It's nice and it does take time. And, you know, I know you guys are still asking your client questions, but what I see you guys doing more often than not is you're like duplicating an old form from an old client and then like half-assing doing this when you could take the extra 30 minutes, the extra hours, sometimes the extra five hours. I know, I I know. (laughs) And do it where you're actually developing the real template instead of like, duplicating and kind of fumbling through it. Here's the part where, so the way that we framed this so far in this discussion is about efficiencies and time management on your part. And that is obviously a huge benefit and impact when you're creating templated responses, forms, questionnaires, whatever, and you're taking the time to do that. But the reason why it's such a big part of this conversation and why I think a lot of you really need to pay attention to it is because ultimately it does impact your delivery and what you are getting or giving to each client, even if they've bought the same thing. So there have been clients who we've been behind the scenes in their business and they've iterated on a certain project or offer or service over the last year, six months, whatever it might be, because that happens, right? You're deciding to kind of shape and customize your offers as clients come in, because maybe you're not exactly sure which angle this should go or how it should fit, what the scope should be, how much time it's going to take. We've done that, right? When you're developing something new, I totally get that. But the issue that we're seeing is that the tweaks are happening, but the clarification in the contract isn't being changed. The clarification in the proposal or the scope or the sales page isn't being changed. And so you're selling something that you're not actually delivering. And that is a huge problem. Yeah. We want to not only have you guys be saving time long term, but we want you to be wowing your clients. And the only way to effectively do that is one, from the very beginning, have an ethical sales process where you are really clear on what you plan to develop for a client. And you are effectively explaining what that'll look like. You're having a contract that backs up everything you said to them during that sales process. And if they're like, oh, this is leaving out blah, blah, blah. You either need to add it or you need to add it and change the price or you need to do something because not having it reflected in the contract is a problem. Yep. Yep. Because later, if they're like, oh, but you said da 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 da, I would much prefer you say, oh, this isn't in the contract. It is not something we discussed. And thus would be an add on and a change in service. Yeah. But if you 
do things where you're like, oh, don't worry about it. Just sign the contract and you're leaving out scope, then you're basically making your contract fake. Like it's not like you can't hold it up because you just made all these promises. They they may even have like written documentation of you saying, I'm going to do this thing, but then you didn't include it in the thing they signed. And so then none of it's really real. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to have a dispute with a client. I want you both to have the contract be the you guys getting on the same page about what's happening. Yeah. And when you work with a client, undoubtedly, you're going to notice things that you're like, oh, well, this took so much more time than I anticipated. And even if I had all of these efficient systems in place, I didn't really capture scope in a way that allows me to push back. Okay. Well, what do you need to do to keep things amicable with this current client? But more so than that, what do you need to be doing the very next time you sell this thing so that you are protecting yourself moving forward? Yeah. Something we talk about a lot is the concept of tweak and repeat, which is where you do something and then you analyze it. You do a debrief, you do a postmortem, you pick it apart, you chase the breadcrumbs, you looked at what worked, what didn't, what needs improved, what you're going to do again, all of the things. And then you tweak what you want and repeat what you want. And then you do it again. And then you reassess, you do the postmortem and you just keep going through that cycle, right? The problem is that I'm seeing is that Y'all are making either such big changes, drastic changes, so many changes that it's not actually the same offer the next time you turn around and do it because you aren't doing a debrief. You aren't doing the postmortem. So you're not actually sure which part of it didn't work for you or didn't work for the client. So you don't know exactly what to change. So if you are having all of these offers that have all of these different iterations about them that are so not similar to each other, then your data also isn't real. Because the only way for data to be real is for it to be based off the same thing, one thing or very few things changed, but it's still the same thing. So you can compare over time, over a period of time, the efforts, the efficiencies. If every single client project is different, Mm -hmm. then like, none of your data is actually that helpful (laughs) because even you saying what your conversions are like, no, you're pitching a different product every time. If you were pitching the same three things and you talk to 50 people, then like, okay, I'll pay more attention to what that looks like. But my concern is that you're making all these assumptions about what is and isn't working, but you're changing everything about everything every time. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And like the lens I want you to start looking at is making the small edits to the same container. So like it's called something, right? You've named it. And the overall delivery or concept or result is X. You, yes, are deciding what the deliverables need to be in order to achieve that result. But like the next iteration, it keeps the same name. It keeps the same result. And you're just changing a couple of things that are inside or the timeline or the price or the expected result or whatever that's inside that same container. What I see is like, I'm going to launch this thing and have one client go through it, but it was a fumble. So I'm going to make a completely new service or offer. It has a different name, a different price point, different results, different delivery. And there is no growth in that. There is no sustainability in that. 
Right. And Emily and I have mentioned this book before, but something I would encourage you to look into, especially if it's something you want to scale. If you're comfortable, if you are enjoying working with your clients, if you feel like there's enough consistency there and you're feeling good, then don't worry about this. But if you're at all thinking, ooh, I want to go from selling three of these in the next quarter to selling 20 of these in the next quarter. Or I want to add more team members and have them own a whole portion of this part of the client delivery. I want you to read Built to Sell. And Built to Sell in so many ways backs up the work we're doing inside of the incubator. It's just written as a story, which I think helps give people a lens for what does this look like and how would I go about this? Eventually, I would love for you to have a signature service that you're running as a high touch signature service, which is what we're teaching you to develop inside the incubator. And then you're creating the systems and efficiencies on the back end so that you can deliver it over and over again. Now, I will say in this economic climate, it absolutely makes sense for a lot of you to be having multiple offers that you can sell to the same client so that you can not have to worry about new lead acquiry. And I get that. So we're not saying don't do that. I'm just suggesting that this is what you want to work to, to have a scalable model In the meantime, you are creating roadblocks by selling more types of things. And so the more narrow we can get, even if it's to the same client, what I'm ultimately saying is I'd rather you pick a problem that doesn't go away that you can continuously solve than a one-time problem because a one-time problem generally means you solve it and then you have to come up with a whole new problem to solve and a new offer versus an ongoing problem. You could potentially roll out a retainer service that helps like back this up and you keep a client consistently working with you. Yeah. Overall, I know it's annoying (laughs) to stop and document and create an SOP or ask yourself, okay, if this phase or this thing just had to be done for this client. What about it could be made templatized easier for better efficiencies in the future? I think it's oftentimes we feel like, well, I couldn't improve the process for this current client because they already went through it. So I don't need to change it, but it's doing a disservice for your next client. And I've seen some discussion around the feeling guilty or feeling weird about changing the process while a client is going through it. And so the concept is, is I don't want to start until their project is finished and then I can go back and address everything. But one, your memory is not that great. So you're going to forget what was needed at every stage, but a client isn't looking at like every stage, every form, every milestone, every call that you're doing with them as like, a phase within their project. And if it changes, it's going to feel different from the next time you have a call. Trust me, they are not paying that close attention to what it is that you're doing. And if you are in the business of serving and caring about the experience of your clients and your customers, then these pieces of the puzzle have to be paid attention to sooner rather than later on the front end and during instead of the back end. And it will be easier for you, I promise, even if it takes time right now. Well, and with that specifically, I would just mention that 
don't be taking away from their scope. But if you know, like an extra call is going to help them get so much better results and you're going to feel less pressure to X, Y, Z, insert all these other reasons. Quit being so resistant about adding a call when it wasn't on their original contract. Like adding a call is a value add to them. If they're busy, okay, like then figure something out. But you tweaking the process while you're going is part of being a thoughtful business owner and someone who's really thinking about how do I help them best solve the problem? That's what it comes back to for Emily and I time and again is like, okay, yes, there's things we want to know about the client and there's things, there's info we need to gather from them so that we can effectively do our job. But anytime we're making changes, it's either so that we can get them a better result or we can get them closer to solving the whole problem. Yep. If you have questions about different SOPs or how you could create a automated streamlined client experience that saves you time and provides an incredible kick-ass experience for your clients. We would love to chat with you on what it would take to set that up, get your systems talking to each other, get things mapped out, get you some automations behind the scenes, some communications that are automated, but feel really personalized. That is kind of one of our favorite things to do. So you can head over to bossproject.com slash waitlist and just check the box that you want to talk about strategy or talk about, I think there's client experience on there or something like that. And you can book a time with Abigail to chat about the opportunities that your business has for client experience improvements. And we would love to brainstorm that with you and even come in and set up those systems for you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.